0: So today we want to talk about something that you and I are really both passionate about, and that's uh, new construction. Yeah. And uh, you and I have a long track record in uh, construction. We're not general contractors by any means, but we just enjoy the process so much. You know, uh, we were selling real estate together while Jared was still at BYU. This was many years ago. And uh, I don't know why you did this. It broke my heart. When he graduated from BYU, he got recruited by a new home builder. I think it's one of the largest home builders in... In the country, uh, recruited you to come down to move your little family down to Mississippi of all places, mm-hmm. and sell new homes. You weren't paying me enough back then. <laughs> you didn't enjoy working for me. I, that really that was that was uh, heartbreaking to see you and your family go. I guess you know you wanted to put that fancy degree to good use.
1: Well, I thought it was—I uh, thought it was a good move, and and professionally, I learned quite a few things. Uh, missed out on a few things that you did while I was gone, mm-hmm. but ultimately, I think it's made me a better uh, real estate agent, a better realtor, yeah. and of course, gained new construction knowledge.
0: Yeah, and and I think you were helping clients, weren't you, from really the entire process through. I mean, oh, helping yeah. them tweak the floor plan and oh, yeah. helping them with the financing. Talk maybe a little bit more about uh, about your experience there.
1: Yeah. Well, this was a pretty large home builder. We had uh, uh, many, many offices throughout the southeast United States. Uh, I think we were building somewhere around 1,500 to 1,600 homes a year on Mm -hmm. scattered lots. So we weren't developing subdivisions or anything like that. A lot of people have family land there. And so mom and dad will cut off a couple of acres of their property and give it to their kids to build on Mm -hmm. and so i was uh, helping them pick out a number of different floor plans we had an in-house design staff that could make any changes to our floor plans so i take them through and redline those plans and develop something that really fit their needs we had a home fitting center right there uh, in our location where they could pick out all their flooring paint colors cabinets countertops that sort of thing I actually helped them get their financing for that. We helped them sometimes go through that subdivision process and get title work done to make that happen and uh, priced everything out. So we'd start with a base price and then we'd go through and let them uh, put some options in there, some upgrades, whatever they want to do. And I had to price that out. And then eventually I'd make a handoff to the production side. So it was yeah. really a good experience. And I, you know, I sold a lot of homes uh, during that uh, two over two year period and learned a lot of yeah. things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was a, a tough time for me uh, because you were away. Uh, and that was actually the the years that I started Home Basics Real Estate. And so I started the company and you were, you were, you were not there. And yeah. I was not very organized because Jared is, <laughs> It's the brains of this operation. I'll freely admit that.
1: That (laughs) was, uh, I got there in Mississippi in 2003, and mm. we left 2005. So I was there for just over a couple of years. I
0: started the brokerage February of 2004. Correct. But, uh, so you've got tons of new construction experience. and, And you and I both have new construction experience in that we have built a number of different projects. So, for example, we're in a building that we... That we uh, that we developed and built uh, yeah. in 2008. Yep. Um, I have built uh, two custom homes for my family. Uh, one of the tougher build jobs that we that we did together was uh, building our dream cabin up in the woods. <laughs> you know, they say uh, if a husband and wife can make it through the build process and they still love each other, I mean, that's you're, you've got a pretty good relationship. Yeah, that's but true. If if you're trying to build a home with your twin brother and your wife and his wife, I mean, that is a test of all patience it, it, and all it love. It caused a little friction. <laughs> Here and there. And uh, our other brother happens to be a general contractor, and he was the one that was uh, the, you know, contracting that cabin yeah. for us. And
1: yeah, that's Aaron, our brother Aaron, yeah. Centurion Homes. Put a plug in for them. Yeah, They're it, very, very awesome good. Awesome builders.
0: Um, we have also been uh, involved in several spec homes. Uh, one year, uh, when we were young and, and much dumber, Uh, We had bought eight lots down in Provo. Beautiful subdivision, Sandalwood. And we were building some spec homes down there. So we've just been around that. And I I would venture guess that we've probably uh, represented well over 150, 200 clients through the build process.
1: That's a very common scenario for us is to to go through that process with our clients.
0: So uh, because the inventory has been a little bit scarce sparse over the last few years, sometimes we will take a client through everything that's in in the existing uh, realm there. And then sometimes we turn to new construction. People say, hey, I'd love to build a home. And I like to hear that. I think it's such a wonderful process. I kind of desire that everybody could have that experience at one point or another. And so today we want to talk about how to build a home. We're going to talk specifically about working with a semi-custom builder, versus going the custom
1: route.
0: Mm. I mean, it's all you, baby. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about that and maybe differentiate the two and talk about some costs and uh, so on and so forth. Uh, new construction is very exciting, but it is expensive. No matter what route you go, semi-custom or custom, it's probably going to cost you more, this is a pretty obvious statement, to get a brand new home uh, rather than one that is uh, you know, existing. Uh, even if the existing home might only be 10 to 15 years old, the costs associated with building are quite a bit more, and so we'll kind of outline that for you. But uh, production builders, and and what do we mean by that? If if you're listening local, there are some great production builders. Um, we have Ivory Homes. We have, and I'm not endorsing any of these. I'm just saying these are local, homegrown companies. They're not so homegrown now. They've actually blossomed to very large companies. Right, right. We have Ivory. We've got Edge. We've got Arrive. We've got some of the big boys like DR Horton. Um, we Salisbury's have David Weekly Homes, Salisbury. Pretty decent products I mean, we've there, got a actually. lot of builders yep. to choose from. So, yep. depending on what price range you're in, and depending what areas you're in, because some areas offer more new construction opportunities, uh, we can take a couple of days, a couple of outings, and try to explore all of those different builders that are out there. Right. And uh, you would do very well. To kind of get a feel for you know the pricing from this builder and the location of that builder and some of the standard features and all that stuff, it's a lot to to it's a lot to weed through, and a lot to understand.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a couple of things to consider too is um, you know we've had great experiences with a lot of different builders mm-hmm. in this valley and we've had some bad experiences as well or our clients have I should mm-hmm. say but uh, sometimes it really comes down to as well to to the location and the community i mean if you're attracted to that particular community and it's that builder is the one that's building in it then then that's maybe sometimes who you go with but like you mentioned taking the time to To go around and talk to different builders and see different communities and see the type of construction, the quality of construction, what's included as standards and things like that, I think is time really, really well spent. You just don't jump right into that.
0: Right. So production builders or semi-custom builders, um, they they can keep the costs down. So I'm going to state right now, semi-custom building is cheaper than custom building in almost all cases. And how do production builders keep their costs down? Well, there's a few ways that they do that. Uh, Number one, they build the same floor plan over and over. Uh, In a particular community, they might offer just a handful, five to seven uh, uh, floor plans, which they will repeat over and over and over. And you may not know that from the outside because they can change up the elevation and things like that. But really, that's what they're doing is they're just building the same home over and over. And when you do that, you know the costs. There are no surprises. There's nothing that needs to be tweaked. There's nothing that's gonna be need to be redone. Your subs all know those floor blinds backwards and forwards. They can really crank those out. And I don't mean to say that like, you know, this is they're going through a factory and you know your home is going to be produced at the end. And you're still getting a quality home. You're still getting a good quality home there. The cities are of course very much involved in that entire process. But that's one of the reasons why they can keep the cost down. Another reason is some of these big builders, they're buying all the products, including the kitchen cabinets Mm -hmm. in bulk. Some of it, it's coming out of China. You'll notice and if you go to some builders that even though there's a two-story home or there might be a Rambler home that they can build for you, the kitchen might be the exact same dimension. Yeah. It's the same kitchen. It's the same amount of cabinets. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons why they're they're, they're able to, to do that. But talk about sub-pricing. What can a semi-custom builder uh, offer to a
1: subcontractor? Well, they can keep a subcontractor busy for in an economy like we're having right now for years, literally. And so uh, subs, again, get very familiar with the, the framers, are very familiar with all the floor plans. They know all the ins and outs of it. They can uh, go from one lot to the one next door to the one down the street and just frame these homes up. And so uh, these subcontractors are willing to give a really great price to just kind of stay on site in that That's community. Exactly right. Yeah, I mean, they don't have to take any time in their business to market. Or or go through the <laughs> or sales bid, process, or the bidding process. Or giving an estimate to
0: somebody. Yeah. They're just work, 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 work. And it is it is like a circus. It's organized. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say it's a circus like it's disorganized. But it's amazing what it really is What cool. crews, when properly directed, can accomplish over the course of a month and a half or two months. Yeah. Um, the really big production builders, and this is one of the ways that they can keep costs down, they're not only you know the, the builders of the homes, but they're the ones that originally acquired and purchased the real estate, the ground, the raw ground, and developed it. And when you are in that league, yeah. uh, then there's some tremendous uh, savings uh, and profit, profit for them, savings
1: for you, yeah. because they took a piece of raw ground and developed it into the lot. That's a really good point. I mean, there's profit in there for the builder, developer on the land, and there's profit in the actual... Construction of the home, and so in that case, they're able to double dip mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 build something that's affordable and, and pass those savings on on to you. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the fact that they've they've bought a big piece of land and developed it and and now selling it to you as the end user, you're you're getting some some savings there.
0: Yeah, and that's really where the building process starts to some degree is how much. Does a piece of ground cost you? How much does a building lot cost you? Uh, let me state something uh, that I think is really important for people to know. Builders love working with realtors. We have been to fancy parties. They've invited us out for luncheons and drawings and just show up. And, and we take that seriously because it's an opportunity for us to get to know a new community, there's new communities all throughout our community, our uh, county, right? Yeah. I mean, we've got to be the new construction experts. We went out to one uh, the other day. They gave us a fifty dollar gift card just for coming out to their to their party, and I didn't know about that community. Well, just the next week, I took a buyer right in there because I was so impressed with the, the 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 townhome. It was actually a townhome community. I wasn't impressed so much with a $50 gift card. Yeah, but that was a good investment <laughs> it was, on their part it was a to good bring you out there and to bring Because I, I haven't done a deal with that builder, and um, I brought an investor through, actually, and they bought a townhome as yeah, so a rental really cool. property. Yeah. And it's because of that. So they love working with realtors. They really depend a great deal on our participation. And um, they want to compensate us, too. So there is a commission involved. And so let's talk about that a little bit. When you're thinking about building a semi-custom home, Give us a call because there's so much value that we can add to this whole entire process and we can protect you in a whole lot of ways.
1: But what happens usually, what happens when a buyer just walks into a model home? They get the exact same price on that home than if they would have had us come in there with them and make that introduction and accompany them through that model home. And so. Yeah. The builders are not giving a savings to buyers who are unrepresented. Yeah. So in
0: other words, that really doesn't cost you anything to have our representation and our input. And we can add, again, so much to this. If there were a pair of realtors that really could add uh, to that new construction discussion, it is us because of your experience with a National Home Builder, our experience building a lot of different uh, projects. So we can add a lot. So that's one of the things that we really want to tell you is we can help you Go through a dozen communities. We can help you digest all that information. Uh, by the way, sometimes we go when we go through a community, I probably should have put this in the outline. Some builders that we know are building spec homes. Mm-hmm. Isn't that nice? That's a home that's already in the ground, framed probably a month and a half, two months from being completed. Maybe there's a few choices that you could still make. Maybe not. But uh, that's probably one thing that you know that's worth hitting. That some of these builders, and we know about them because I've got, how many lists do you get every week? It's builders' lists of spec homes, right? And uh, we have great relationships with these semi-custom builders and their representatives. That sometimes they'll give us a call or email us about a home where somebody was building it, was being built for a person, and yeah. they backed out. Yeah, they, they might I have just, got an
1: unexpected job transfer. I, mean, I just very
0: actually uh, with a client of ours, I just. Well, I feel like we got just a steal of a deal on a home where somebody had backed out. The home had just been completed and they couldn't get their financing. So my buyers came along and this home was already complete. It's new construction. Yeah. It's beautiful. They didn't get to pick anything. But, uh, but we got a very, very good deal on that home. So spec homes are, are something that we can also help you look at. But builders want us. Uh, they, they want to participate with us. And actually, we make their job easier. Um, and uh, so we want to be involved in that. But don't walk into a model home on your own. Uh, that can cut us out. And so bl-
1: bless us by, <laughs> by allowing us to be a part of that transaction. Well, I think a couple of things, uh, and you've touched, touched on them already, that we can add to that transaction as your representative. Uh, number one, um, these builder contracts are different. Uh, And uh, when I represent somebody, I read through those contracts. And, of course, I encourage my clients to as well. But there are things in that contract that I might see, and I point those out to my client, not saying that, oh, this is – unusual or something like that, but just make sure that they understand, like, you know, when is their construction deposit due and when it becomes non-refundable, Right. you know, being on site during the construction process, Mm -hmm. uh, information about, you know, at the end of the process and making sure they understand how that goes. So contract review, I think, is really important. And, you know, with these big builders, there's not a lot of contract negotiation. And I will tell you right up
0: front that these uh, contracts are written by their attorneys and they are almost comically slanted
1: oh, very towards so.
0: the builder. And so yeah. it's not that we're bringing up these things so that we can go renegotiate. Yeah. We're not going to be able to do that in most cases, but you just
1: need to know right. what you're really signing right. there, which is important. Um, the other thing, too, is, and I actually really enjoy this, is I do show up for um, the... Um, different points along the way of the construction process. So sometimes there's a pre-construction meeting, I like to go Mm -hmm. to those. Uh, We like to go through the home at four-way to make sure before they put the drywall on that uh, my clients have gotten everything they wanted to get. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're looking at electrical items, plumbing items, make sure those are all in the right place because that's the time to correct that before the drywall goes on. And then we're doing that that walkthrough and helping them uh, find items that still need to be tuned up, help, helping them create that punch list, things yeah. that my clients are missing that I'm seeing right. that right. need to still be done. And uh, sometimes builders will tell a client, no, we don't want to do that, or we don't do that, or that's normal. And I'll say, no, this is not normal. This is outside the specifications and the tolerances of the, of the industry. And I'm able to then sort of uh, be go a champion for my clients mm-hmm. and go to bat for them yep. through that process. So we really do want to add value sure. to that, that relationship with the builder. Well, and
0: thank you for adding adding those comments. I, I would, uh, I'll back up just a little bit and, uh, and say, when we go through a model home together, the first thing I want to remind you is your home probably won't look like the model. And and why is that? The model home is fully loaded, is it not? I mean, they're trying to showcase everything that they could do for your home. Right. And um, one of the the real challenges of new construction, even in semi-custom building, is buyers want to know what the price is out the door. And that is a very, very hard number to get to. And uh, there's a couple of reasons why. Uh, Number one, you have to be aware of the, the base prices. If you go into a model home and you see the way it's decked out, we always ask, well, what is the base price of this model? And we can get, generally, a pretty solid number on what the base price is. And a lot of builder's reps are going to tell you, well, it's changing every day. And that is that is actually that's a true statement. But we can usually get to the base price. And then you have this situation where, well, where would we want to build it within this community? We look at what lots are still available. Mm. And the, the base price... that includes a base lot, right? but many lots, if they're bigger, if they're more level, if they have a view, if they're close to the park or other amenities, do they back up to a busy street? Most lots have a lot premium. Correct. And that can be anywhere from $1,500 to $50,000. Oh, yeah. Very quickly. So lot selection is actually super important because if you're going to resell this home down the road, Let us have some input on what that $40,000, $50,000 spread might look like in the future. Yeah. And especially what it looks like for appraised value. Because we could be talking about a quarter acre lot in one part of the subdivision and a quarter acre lot in another part of the subdivision, and there could be a $30,000 difference. And there's some high sellability factors there, but maybe not too many many appraisal factors. There's not, I think a lot of appraisers will have a hard time finding that kind of value. So we have the base price, we have lot premiums, uh, and then the evils of the home fitting center. <laughs> so once you tie up, once you sort of choose a, uh, a model, a floor plan that you want to build, and you get the base price, and then you reserve the lot, uh, eventually you're going to go to a home fitting center. And this is where people yeah. get in a lot of trouble.
1: You know, I think one really good tip and that I like to do and have my clients do is, um, you know, we go through the model home, and it's beautiful. Sometimes it just blows you away, you know, and it's making people want to, you know, get excited about it. Oh, build. yeah. What I like to ask the builder rep there is, hey, do you have this same uh, floor plan, this same home under construction somewhere else in the community that's yeah. maybe a little bit more of the base package? Yeah. So that we can go see the base package and compare that to the model homes and get an idea of... Um, a little better idea of what their my yeah. client's home is going to look like when it's S- if built. They have the same
0: tingling sensation.
1: Yes, and a lot of times okay. it's not that it's disappointing um, to go into something that's not the model home that's the regular their their regular base package with very few upgrades, but it just again setting those expectations so that they um, know what what to expect. Uh, but back to the fitting center. Uh, you know I try when I was doing this professionally, I would just let a husband and wife, for example, just i'd say, here here's the options, here's the choices," and they would just go at it for two or three hours mm-hmm. and uh, it can be a challenge to pick out those colors. Um, some builders make it a little bit easier, where they they sort of minimize or, or squeeze the amount of uh, choices that you can make. So they'll have different color palettes that you have to stick with. So your different, different packages, different packages that you're choosing. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it it, it uh, yeah. You said the evils of home fitting center. What do you mean by that? What's your experience been? Well,
0: I mean, depending on the builder and what their their. Um, you know their package includes which what we call what we call standard features. Right. Again, some builders in this valley
1: don't even include air conditioning as a standard feature. That well, used to be the case a ton. It's it, it, and it actually there still there still are some builders. Carrot. I just think that's ridiculous. That's but and then
0: you have some builders who, whose standard features are granite in the kitchen and granite in the bathrooms as well. And there's tile. Everywhere. So it's hard hard to know. But you'll have some builders where you'll go into a home fitting center and you'll put $40,000 in there just to make it look nice. Yeah. And uh, you'll have some builders where you
1: may only have to put in 15 to... No, 15,000. And that's a question you can ask the builder up, hey, give me an average of what people are what people are spending on upgrades with your homes. And there are some builders that that they track that pretty carefully and they're saying, you know, somewhere between 8 and 10 or 10 and 12,000. Mm-hmm. And then there are others where it's like, quite a bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. So you go through and
0: you kind of uh, add all these things in the cart <laughs> and check out and try to get a price. And then you'll also be sitting down and you'll have an opportunity to make some structural changes. And that could be, uh, are we wanting a fireplace. Do we want to have an outside entrance into the basement? Uh, third car garage. Third car garage. Thank you. That's the obvious one.
1: Uh, ma- master suite. So sometimes yeah. a little at, at, they'll, they'll give you a floor plan that has a, you know, not a great master suite, but they have an alternative upgraded master suite, maybe with the double vanities, a separate shower and a tub. Right.
0: Yeah, they'll do bay windows, or they'll bump out a wall, or we can do this or that. And so you see it. Can you see how difficult it is to finally get to the price? It takes what some time. What is this thing going to cost me? And it takes some time. And and the reality is, is that you know usually usually uh, when you pick the floor plan and you pick out the lot, they'll ask for a deposit that will hold everything, and that deposit can be anything from five hundred dollars to two percent of the base price. And every builder works it differently. So there's just a lot to to consider there. Then when you go through the home fitting center and you've gotten and done all your structural changes, there's typically another deposit. And that can be a pretty significant deposit. Why? Because the builder is going to start to implement all your crazy choices that you made. And uh, that can be uh, upwards of, you know, it can be 5% or it can be 30% of everything that you picked out in the design center. So there's a lot of ways that they can do that, but you do need to have some, generally speaking, you need to have a little bit of cash on hand for semi-custom.
1: Yes, you do, you do. Th- those construction deposits, again, you put some money up front to kind of hold the lot. Mm-hmm. Some some builders might call it a lot reservation, mm-hmm. something like that. But then once you go through this process that Justin just described, there's a construction deposit. It's really important to understand how that works in a lot of cases, that construction deposit, as soon as you pay that, is non-refundable. So you've got to understand yes. that. And that can be twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars $25,000 pretty commonly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be. Uh, so you've picked everything, and
0: then they submit the plans to the city. That can take upwards of a month. It can take as little as two weeks. Then they scratch the earth with a big old digger. And uh, what's the build time? What's the? What do they tell you the build time is? Yeah. And then, they,
1: and then, what does it end up being? Well, that that part that you just mentioned about going through the city and uh, getting the building permit, builders don't have a ton of control over that. Right. I mean, they can obviously submit a complete package and do a good job of making sure that all the check boxes are met in that application. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that there's some delays there, but they're pretty good pretty good some builders at once they're able to actually scratch the dirt they will give you a time frame and that might be 120 days from when they're digging out that foundation to when you're doing your final walkthrough which is a pretty you know that's four months um and some builders are pretty good to sticking to that but with construction we'll probably talk about this you know there are going to be delays there's things along the way that are going to be problematic that you've got to deal with i i would say it
0: can be anywhere from you said four months but that's from when you dig there's an extra month in the city and there might be an extra two weeks because you're picking out all your things so anywhere from six months and guys we've seen builders even on simple homes go past a year yeah well past a year and that is frustrating as heck
1: Six months, I think, is on the minimum from, you know, I -hmm. I think you're, you're, I think my clients are generally getting through this process with a number of different builders in the eight to nine month range.
0: Okay. So once they've started, can you make any changes on these
1: uh, semi-custom homes? Well, you can, but you need to be aware of what their change order policy is. Uh, Again, you make changes up to a certain point. I mean, if they've poured the foundation and you're talking about (laughs) foundational changes, no, that's not going to happen but a change to, uh, even a change to, something as simple as a change to the uh, countertops. Mm-hmm. you know, They're gonna charge you a fee, but it's problematic on their side too because they need to make sure that it's in stock and that it. sometimes they've already put the work orders out. They're ordering yeah. these things way in advance yeah. of the countertops actually arriving to the job site. So change orders are costly, and yeah. they are costly for a reason. They're meant to be discouraging, yeah. But it is difficult for a big production builder to to, to turn on a dime. They don't turn on a dime. Not very nimble. No, it's all about systems and process,
0: and um, if they'll allow a change, which many of them just don't. Um, You're always tempted during this construction process to go out there as a homeowner or as a prospective owner of that home. They don't really want you on site, uh, but you do it anyway. People do. But you really should probably be very cautious. Don't bring the kids. Uh, New construction is very dangerous.
1: It is a construction site. And, yeah, the kids, there's lots of things the kids could get into. A lot of builders in their contracts say, we don't want you on the site. Mm -hmm. But they're sort of wink, wink, yeah, come on out, you can can do that. But they say that and they make you sign that so that they're not liable. Now, if you do want to visit the site, you can call the construction superintendent that will generally be assigned to you. And a lot of times they'll meet you out there. They'll make some time for you to go through that. Okay, so the big question on,
0: on building a home is how to time the sale of your existing home. Hmm. See, there's a lot of builders that uh, won't even allow you, uh, they won't even start the home unless your home is sold. Some builders, because the market's been good, they'll say, yeah, we're okay with you holding on to your home. And then it becomes a really big timing issue, right? Because new construction, the end date, the completion date, is always a moving target. So when do you put your home on the market? See, that's what's so difficult about it. If they're saying to you, we're, we're a month out or a month and a half out, you can almost guarantee it's two to two and a half months. But there's no guarantee. They really could finish it up that quickly. And so the best thing that you do is put your home on the market at an aggressive price and try to control this, the terms of that, uh, of that sale. And what I mean by that is sometimes you, you might just give them the buyer a good enough deal that they will let you stay and lease back. Uh, in the home that you that you're relinquishing, and uh, we've done that successfully many times. And we'll we'll ev- we'll either buy uh, uh, two weeks for free, you know, the buyer will give them two weeks for free, or we might actually put a short-term lease agreement in place for two months. Would be the absolute outside, you know, that you could get a buyer to bite buy off on. Um, but there's a moving target. There's always a chance, guys, that there is a short layover somewhere, and that might look like moving in with family, it might look like an Airbnb, um, it might look like some kind of a short-term rental, and so you have to have an exit strategy because it's hard to time these just right.
1: It's really hard to time that, and, and I think the key is is that uh, Justin and I would, would come out and evaluate your home, probably are already familiar with it, but mm-hmm. let's talk strategy about timing. I mean, what time of year is it gonna need to go on the market? Right. I mean, is it gonna be the winter time or the summer time? What kinds of things do you need to be working on while your home's under construction, working on your existing home to get it ready to market so that it will sell more quickly? If there's a home that we feel like it's going to take some time, then we probably need to start that process a lot earlier. But some homes are just in a price range, in an area, their condition is so good that we say, look, I think we can put this on the market. Two months before you're ready to finish your, your new home so so having that advice of a good realtor yeah. who understands the market that's going to be really key to time that correctly so uh,
0: as the home is nearing completion then you have to start on your permanent financing as well and most builders have a preferred lender in fact they use several carrots uh, in order for you to use their preferred lender they might say if you use our lender we'll give you you know, $4,000 worth of upgrades in mm-hmm. our home fitting center. Or they'll say, we'll pay up to $4,000 in closing costs. And they'll say, and you get the your keys the day of that you sign the papers. Correct. And there's a lot of things that they can use. And is using the preferred lender a good thing
1: or a bad thing in your experience? Um, <laughs> it, it can be a good thing, but there are some gimmicks out there. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to be <clears throat> smart enough to be able to work through uh, what they're offering versus maybe what somebody else you know that's in the lending business can do for you and again this is key where your realtor can really help you to work through those items but um, some builders legitimately you're getting a, some real benefit with using their preferred lender but I've had a number of times where somebody has been uh, pre-qualified with uh, Keith Snow with security home mortgage for example and uh, they have compared what the builder's preferred lender can do with what Keith can do, and Keith sometimes comes out on top on those deals. And it's because uh, the, the builder's preferred lender might be increasing the interest rate a little bit to cover some of the incentive costs. And so you have to look at, okay, is granite countertops is that something that's more more beneficial to me than a lower interest rate and it, you know if you're looking long term that lower interest rate may be a lot more attractive than right. those granite countertops
0: Yeah, and it's difficult because you may have started building this in February, and now it's November. And guess what? Interest rates may have changed. That's a real, real possibility. That's one of the, not dangers, but it's one of the caveats to new construction is that you can't foresee what rates are going to do. And so maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to custom homes. To wrap this section up, uh, what are some of the other costs associated with new construction?
1: Mm. Well, I think some of the bigger costs are landscaping. Most cities are going to make the builder put in that front yard landscaping, Mm -hmm. but the backyard landscaping is not going to be put in, nor is a sprinkler system, fencing around the property.
0: People don't have an idea how expensive fencing is.
1: Well, landscaping, sprinkler systems, (laughs) fencing—it's all talking about some some pretty significant money there. Um, here's another one, too, is people move in, and all of a sudden it occurs to them, uh, or it occurs to them maybe on the final walkthrough when we're going through the home, wow, there's no blinds on these yeah. windows. And uh, you could spend some decent money on blinds and window coverings uh, mm-hmm. on a new construction.
0: And then probably the biggest cost associated with a, with a uh, new build is, do you want to finish that basement? Mm-hmm. And when Unfinish do you want to finish the more that footage. Yeah. basement? And so it kind of takes you back right you say okay what is a fully maximized home i'm talking landscaped fenced blinds fully finished basement etc what's that going to cost me and then you come back to what could i buy in the existing market even if i had to remodel something yeah. that's maybe 10 or 15 or 20 years old and that's how you maybe that's kind of the analysis that you should take when you're considering new homes. New homes, of course, have lots of appeal to them. But let's try to make a good financial decision on them as well. And so uh, really important things to, to consider.
1: I might just mention one other thing, too. I, I think a lot of our clients are budgeting in money, too, for some new furnishings. Yeah. Um, just because it's a brand new home, they want to put in new, new furnishings. And so they're spending a lot of money on that. Another one is refrigerators. Um, yeah. A lot of builders, very few builders, very very few builders would include a refrigerator. Uh, and so, budgeting some money in for some new furnishings, some new appliances, blinds, decor. I, I mean, most of our clients are spending some pretty good money after closing on these yeah. New homes. And
0: you're gonna feel tapped. Yeah, you're gonna feel tapped. And this is this is why you know we we encourage people. Number one, because we're Dave Ramsey's endorsed local providers. We want people to clear all of their debt if they can, and then uh, we want them to stockpile cash. And we're yeah. going to talk about that, especially for for custom homes. Right. Um, okay. Well, let's compare all of that with a custom home approach. And uh, this is something if you're really going to go that route, you want to build a custom home. You don't wake up one day, and you say. I think we should build a home, and then you think you're going to get this project underway in the next month or two. I've done that personally, and um, I wouldn't say I failed miserably because I have maybe a little bit of an upper hand. I've been through this process a number of times. But I'll tell you, it's difficult to do that. When you think about building a home, you should go to all the parade of homes in Utah that you can travel around to and see. You should be pinning like crazy. You should be thinking about what it is that your family needs and projecting out. What does my family look like? Uh, My wife and I have a, a beautiful custom home, and we built it. We had one kid. We didn't know if any more were coming. Well, now we have four kids, right? I probably would have built it differently. Um, you know what are your, you know what are your needs going to be over the next ten or fifteen years, so you really need to prepare to build
1: a custom home. Right. Here's another thing, too, that I've had some trouble with, even as much experience as I've had, is just you're looking at a floor plan. And I, I read floor plans and blueprints very well because I've you know, done it for a long time. Some people, they look at the floor plan, it's a little overwhelming. Yeah. But getting, to, getting an idea of what the dimensions are. So let me give you an example on our cabin. I just didn't catch this. We designed it. I mean, you and I came up with it. We drew it on this whiteboard behind us many, many different times, and then we got with the designer and had it put on blueprints. But the front porch, we got this beautiful front porch. It goes all the way across the front of the house. And it it's a little small. Um, I think we've got a six-foot, but by the time we put the railing on it, it's it's just as small. I would have loved to have had that gone out another foot that would have made a big difference so things like room sizes Mm -hmm. closet sizes you really got to spend some time there's nothing wrong with uh you know measuring your own rooms where you're at currently or drawing out on Mm -hmm. you know with string or rope you know these dimensions we've done that on the gym floor yeah. You know, I've been able to, to, to So, to go so you really gotta you gotta look at those dimensions as well. Okay. What are some of the costs associated with, with home building
0: in general? But what are some things that people just don't get a get a real good feel
1: for? You will be surprised when you go to the city in which you're building and you get a list of, of their impact fees. Yeah. Uh you you probably won't be prepared, unless you've had some experience with that in the past. You yeah. won't be prepared at how much it's going to cost to pull that building permit and pay for those impact fees.
0: Yeah, and to give you an idea, we're talking eighteen to $25,000, depending on the city. It's a huge cost when you're building a home. Yeah. Uh, another thing that people don't take into consideration is the financing charges. Because remember, you have uh, closing costs on a construction loan. You have interest that's accruing during that whole build time. Then you have closing costs on a permanent loan, so there's a lot of financing charges. There are. You have a contractor fee unless you can find a contractor that will do it for
1: free. And I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't found, I one, I of haven't those found yet. one yet. They need to make a living. Yeah.
0: So, how can you know if this whole project is even feasible? And and I guess it starts with what is it that you want to build? And so, I I tell people, listen, you've got to sit down. And talk about that, and then you've got to involve a, a designer and an architect. And I'll just tell you from personal experience with working with clients, I've seen a lot of people sit down with a designer and architect and spend several thousand dollars oh, on plans and never build. Yeah, and that's probably a, a, okay. Yeah, it, those are sunk costs. Maybe you'll build it sometime in the future. Um, but uh, there's no. That's very difficult to see. Is, is this a, a feasible project? Because the pricing on all of this is very, very difficult.
1: Yeah, because this is a custom home, and it has not ever been built before. I mean, if you really have have designed this home to your your specs, because it's never been built before, nobody's ever engineered those plans, nobody's ever specced it out, they've never done the takeoffs for, you know, all the flooring and drywall, I mean, so as opposed to what we were talking about with the the, uh, production builders, it's, it's all new from ground up. All that estimating has to be done from scratch.
0: Right. So if you were to work with an, a designer, uh, an architect, and those are different people, by the way, uh, you could hire a designer to do your plans and then they have to take them to an engineer and have them signed off, or an architect can do that, uh, both those functions. Um, if you get a full set of plans, I mean a full set of plans, I'm not talking about your little floor plan on one sheet of paper. Right. We're talking about the lighting schematics. <laughs> I mean, the whole nine yards. There's a thick yeah. bunch of plans there. Then you could send them out to contractors to have them fully bid. Most contractors would say, "I could shoot from the hip, but don't hold me to it." If they'd even be willing to take a shot at it, and it would be a huge range, five hundred to six hundred and fifty thousand. They would tell you, they just cannot give you a bid unless they have a full set of plans, which is going to cost you three to five to six thousand dollars, somewhere in that range on a on a fairly modest home, nice home. So that's how we can start to at least make sense of the numbers is to have a bid out. And, you know, you might involve three different builders. And depending on how these builders react to your request, this is such a crucial part. You know, if they're giving you problems and they're late on their bids and they're fighting you the whole nine yards the whole way through, this is probably not your builder. There's a lot of due diligence that you need to go through when choosing a builder.
1: Well, and and even when they're, in fairness to them too, even when they're estimating this out, they, they may not know yet what kind of tile you're putting in. Mm-hmm. You know, and tile can be Oh, you know, dollar a square foot to ten dollars a square foot. Uh, mm-hmm. What kind of countertops? How fancy the cabinets are going to be? Uh, they may not know some of those finishes, and so what they're doing sometimes is just in their in their budget, in their estimate, they're putting a line item allowance for flooring, mm-hmm. for cabinets, for countertops, and that sort of thing, and that may or may not cover what it is you're hoping to to get in the home as, in terms of finishes. Yeah.
0: Well, and this is a really interesting question uh, because the big cost, of course, of new construction is finding a good lot that you want to build on. And do you do you find a lot, and then and then do you have the home designed to it? That's what I had to do. I, I built on this crazy, weird, and odd lot that I actually had to design the home according to the lot. And if you were on one of our benches and you have some real you know slope and things like that you'd have to de- design it really towards that lot or do you design your floor plans and then go out searching for a lot that would accommodate that floor plan these are questions we can't answer for you necessarily It's not
1: a 100% answer but my my opinion is you're designing the home according to the lot yeah you could be on a corner lot. You could. The topography has a lot to do with it. Sometimes you end up having to put the garage down below the house. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which direction it faces? Is it north facing? Do you want to be south facing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's just so much to that, yeah. and of course that can affect tremendously your your costs. So I would find the lot first and design the the house. Secondly, in in most cases, it's not yeah. a 100% blanket statement. Well,
0: and then not only the cost of acquiring the lot, but talk about, you know, potentially having to retain the backside of that lot, to excavate that lot,
1: to maybe bring in all the rest of the utilities. Uh, holy moly! It might appear like you're getting a good price on a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, getting some advice when you're doing some due diligence on that lot from a, an experienced builder or an experienced excavator uh, prior to buying that lot is gonna be really valuable to you because they're gonna be able to look at that lot and, and have a vision of how they're gonna be able to put that home on there you know and and lots are different sizes and they have different setback requirements and so you know knowing what your envelope is or the buildable area is really important so again do you design the home based on the lot yeah i think you do because every lot's going to present some different challenges mm-hmm. and may need may require you to make some modifications to your to your home
0: Okay. So you have a, a fully engineered set of plans. You've sent those out for, for bid. To, again, we're trying to explore if this is a feasible project within your budget. And then um, let's say you find a lot. How are you going to finance that lot? This is a tricky, tricky thing to do, and this is where we can add a lot of input. You know, you could pay cash for it.
1: That would be ideal, obviously.
0: <laughs> if you've been saving your money. You could go out and uh, put it under contract and then take it to a credit union to finance that. Now, what a lot loans look like? I mean, they're they're amortized differently. You're not going to get a 30-year amortization on a lot. They're going to have a down payment requirement of somewhere between 10 and 30%, depending on the bank. Uh, they're going to have a higher interest rate. They'll have closing costs associated with it. They don't want you to sit on that lot for 30 years. So usually in five years, they'll have a balloon payment or right. some kind of a renegotiation. So financing a lot for a long period of time before you build
1: is yeah. not the wisest you, you thing to definitely do. You can get financing, but, but it may not be your best strategy. Yeah,
0: yeah. So what's another strategy uh, for financing or acquiring that lot?
1: We've had a lot of clients actually use the equity in their home through a home equity line of credit mm-hmm. to, um, to be able to finance that lot. And, uh, and, and that can make a lot of sense. If you really, you know, if you find a lot and the seller's willing to work with you a little bit in terms of the timing, yeah. one of the one really great way to do it, and we've had clients do that too, is you can really get everything put together. Your plans, your builder, your engineering, your lot. Then you go get that construction loan, and the first draw, and we'll get into some construction loan financing here, I think, that first draw is going to pay the seller of that lot off. So that first draw of that construction loan goes to paying off that lot. Yeah. And
0: so let's just kind of outline that a little bit because there's so much that would have to, that has to happen during that process. I'm hoping that you have that you have really considered what it is that you're going to build. I'm hoping that you have a set of plans. But we do work with clients who don't have a set of plans, not sure what they're going to build. They love that lot. Somehow they're gonna make this work. So we put the lot under contract with maybe a 60 day fuse if the seller would allow that. That's a long closing, right? Mm-hmm. And then within that 60 days, what do you have to do? You've got to sit down with a ready and able uh, designer to rip through some plans so that those plans can be taken to the bank, and the bank's going to send the appraiser out to the lot, yep. and he's going to look at your plans, and they're going to say, this is what we think it would appraise for. And then if, it's, uh, if the appraises for you know, 600000 they may want you to put 10% into the project. Uh, and, then 20% yeah. and then we've got to get it. And then we've got to get know through the city in some cases. Also, that we when we can close the construction loan, that first draw is the lot draw that pays for the lot. That is so hard to do within 60 days. It can be done. We've done it many times. It's not necessarily the best way.
1: Yeah, to it, do it again, it depends on whether that seller is 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 if they need to close and cash out in 30 days. It's just not going to happen that way. Yeah, but no. uh, if it's. Uh, uh, yeah, and, you, and you're going to put some money down on that lot for that sure. seller to hold that for you and to, to work with you on that. Going to, there's going to be some significant earnest money that's probably going to go non-refundable at some point. Yeah. But that actually is a really convenient way to to finance that lot was the point. But there are other strategies as we're talking. Yeah. Uh, to today. me, I think that makes the most sense if you have a home equity line of credit mixed with some of your own
0: personal cash. The home equity line of credit, remember those payments are going to be stiff because your HELOCs, are a very tempting and good interest rate, but they amortize typically a HELOC um, uh, much shorter. So you end up right. with some pretty significant payments. So uh, it's, it, there's so much to talk about in terms of the timing on all of that. Um, but it can be done. Now, who can hold the construction loan? This is worth talking about, right? If you want to go to your credit union and put together the construction loan, um, it, that's a lot of work for you. I mean, it's a tremendous amount of work. And they're gonna ask you questions, well, are you gonna sell your home, or are you gonna to try to keep it? And and we want you know a huge cash injection. And, and it can be difficult for the average person to get a construction loan. What's the other alternative?
1: Well, the other alternative is to work with a general contractor who has uh, sources of financing, uh, uh, construction loan financing for that project. Mm-hmm. And uh, some builders may prefer to to operate that way. It makes getting yep. their construction draws uh, quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they just have a pretty long standing relationship with whoever's financing it's the that lending partner. And yeah. uh, and so it's maybe a little it's less rigorous for them. I mean, yep. they have that relationship, and that's beneficial. Yep.
0: Well, and that banker that serve has been serving this contractor probably has his tax returns and you know, his bank statements and, you know, his liability insurance and everything that he needs. And um, it can that can happen pretty quickly. And so I kind of like that scenario where if there's a builder that's willing to carry the financing, it's a good thing. See, the builder will sign a contract with you, right? And the contract will say, you, you agree to buy this home when it's done. And so he can take this, basically a pre-sold at this point, a pre-sale into his lending partner and say, hey, I've got a family I'm building this home for and they're going to put him up. And, right, and and it's a really easy deal, and the contractor loves it because they know how to make those draws, as you were referring to, they know how to get that money uh, in a timely manner. I love the idea of the of the uh, builder carrying that construction loan. I think it makes a world of difference. Now, will they do that for free? No, all of the points and all of the financing charges and the interest, it just flows right. They're going right to pass that on to you. you. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, a few a few things to consider here. Uh, build. time. Times on custom homes can be really long. I just consulted with a family last week; uh, they're a year and a half. They've been million for a year and a half. This is a million-dollar home, so it, it was abnormally long. But that can happen, and you have to go get extensions on your on your construction financing, and it can be very difficult. But there's it, custom homes just take a long time. Sure. They really do, and especially in this market, so it's something to consider. Hiring an interior decorator. That can add a lot of cost, but at the same time, it could really add a lot of appeal. Yeah, and I kind of wish that I would have added. To, I would have consulted more with some interior decorators and designers. Um, in a custom home, will you go over
1: budget? Uh, absolutely. I mean, that th- that's going to be an expectation that that you're going to need to have, and so um, you can build into some of the construction financing these contingency reserves. Uh, to cover some of those overages. But, um, you know, we've had a lot of things going on with China, with the trade embargoes and things like that that Trump's been involved with. And so uh, a lot of building materials have gone up considerably. So if you would have started, you know, a year ago building a home and you're finishing it now, you would have experienced some significant price increases in a number of different building Mm -hmm. materials because of those types of factors that are well beyond your your ability and, to predict. And
0: this is where it gets a little bit dangerous, right? Because your construction loan is only set up to draw out at 600,000, but you just spent $700,000 on that home. Oh. Where's the appraisal at this point? The appraisal may have been 600 when you had that done for the new construction financing, but mm. now that we're ready to perm up, hopefully the the appraisal comes up from that, it could be at 650, but you might have to have a significant amount of cash because you went so far over mm-hmm. that you may not be able to. Um, well, term up like you're, you hope to, you're in you a might
1: situation where you're the night you're the nicest. You've built the nicest home in the neighborhood. Well,
0: that's part know? of it too. But remember, a custom home is we add everything. I mean, all the niceties, uh, all of the upgrades, and appraisers do not and cannot in the report account for all of those. All of those things that you've done. So be very careful. This is why I say stockpile some cash. Because uh, you, need, you need cash to pull a construction loan. If the builder holds a construction loan, the builder is going to require a fairly significant deposit uh, on his end to, to build that home. Yeah. So you need some cash. I would say if you're in that, here in Utah County, uh, if you were in the five hundred to $700,000 range, you could build a very nice home. Right on a decent lot. On a very nice lot.
1: Yeah. Um, but it, but I have people all the time thinking that they can come build go through this custom process yes. for 350 or 400,000. It's it's just it's even not the possible. production builders right now.
0: Even like say Eagle Mountain or down in Payson, their new construction is every bit of 330 to 350 just starting out for just yeah. a very modest home. Right. Unfinished basement, etc. So I think, you know, you have to be very realistic in taking this approach. And is building a custom home, um, is it a
1: good investment? What do you think? Depends on on your time frame, on your you know how long you think you're going to be there. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not that bent out of shape if I'm building a custom home. And, Of course, it appraises it at the end. I'm okay that way, but that maybe I'm a little overbuilt for the for the time, right? Mm-hmm. So that is three, four, five years go by, yeah. uh, I'm starting to gain equity in that. So if I'm yeah. looking at building a home and I'm gonna be there for 15 years, good. I don't care if I'm pushing the max value of maybe what that house is the day I close on it. Right,
0: so my own experience, um, the, the, the home that we just built that we're in, I, I started in 2007 and then I finished in 2008 and the market was sliding rapidly and the time I was done, I'm glad I could perm up. I had to cash out some things so that I could perm up on it. And it wasn't until just the last few years, maybe in the last three years, where I've actually kind of been back to what I'd spend on the home. And so for me, it has not been a great investment. But do I love the home? It's yeah. so cool. I have a one of a kind home. It's amazing. Uh, maybe the last thing that we that I want to point out: Do you get everything that you want when you build a custom home?
1: I think that's really difficult to do. I mean, people talk about building their dream homes, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I guess it depends on what your dreams are. I mean, some people's dreams are a little more modest than others. Yeah. But uh, even with the cabin that we just finished in, uh, oh, maybe October of 2018, I suppose, yeah, is when we finished we that. Um, I love it. It's beautiful. When we bring people up there, they just, they're just in awe of it. But I look around and see some of the design flaws that we made, some of the mistakes we made, wishing we would have done some things differently. Um, So, yeah, people, you know, I I tell people that you you just
0: don't. I mean, that's the the question. Because your your likes and your dreams change and your family evolves. And you go through with such a critical eye because you had every opportunity to do it right and you didn't. And so that adds a little bit of... Uh, What's the word? I'm not going to say stress, but it's almost a little bit painful because you could have done it a different way. Well,
1: and when you're over over budget, and when you get to start, you know, later on in this process where you're picking out some of your finishes, you're like, you know what? I have my heart set on this type (laughs) of countertop. I don't have the money for that anymore. Now I've got to downgrade a little bit on some of some of my finish selections, Mm -hmm. and so that can happen. but, you know, you could always build again, too. I mean, there's always that opportunity <laughs> as well. Trends by the fifth change, home, you would nail it. No. Tra- trends change no. as yes, well. Do. I mean, you go to Prada Homes one year, and there's all, uh, you and know. are so excited a, about you, everything you're so that they're doing. you are so excited about some, something. And then, you know, you incorporate that into the new home you're building. And then you go to the Prada Homes the next time around, and it's something different. And you're like, yeah. geez, I wish I would have done that. Yeah. So it's that's a hard that's a really hard thing to really really nail it. I mean, I guess if you did it enough times, uh, you're gonna get better at that process. Obviously, right. mm-hmm. uh, but uh, uh, but hey, you know what? You had a fun experience. You've got a, you, you probably still have a wonderful home that you're mm-hmm. very happy with, and mm-hmm. and don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that was a really productive discussion. We have this kind of a consultation uh, many times a year with different clients. So I hope that maybe we just send them this great podcast or this video because it's very, very helpful. People want to know this stuff. Building's a lot of fun. We've done it and it's satisfying. Uh, It can be tricky. It can be tear your hair out, you know, at times, but it's a lot of fun.
1: You must have been really stressed out in 2008 because, um, you know, we built this building and finished in 2008. Yeah. In fact, we went to go get our permanent financing on it in the fall of 2008. Mm-hmm. And most banks, I mean, they told their loan officers no more loans. Yeah, especially commercial loans. Commercial loans. And uh, I, I remember that being, I mean, I'm losing sleep over that. Yeah. You had a house going on that yeah. year too. and. That must yeah. have been some stressful time. It for was you. stressful. It was stressful because all the decisions we had to make. If yeah. you'll if if you, I'll let you know a little secret.
0: The tile that's in our restrooms, uh that's the same tile in my master bathroom. I was like, I don't care anymore. I like this tile, put it there, put it in my house.
1: I mean <laughs> I think we ended up with some cabinets in our office too that, <laughs> that I were originally for your house. Yeah.
0: Anyway, that's, that's enough. But uh yeah, it's uh that was quite a year for me. But anyway, new construction, consider it. Lots of fun.